Welcome to the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Tate. We have a great show for you this week. The main event is a regular at the Magic Castle. She's performed in the Melbourne Magic Festival and is a regular contributor to the Linking Ring magazine. Simone Turkington is my guest. We discuss her 60s vibe, developing an act with a point of view, and a lot more. Nick Lacapo joins me on the show to discuss the featured part of the week from the team at Penguin Magic. Before all of that, we kick things off with one of our quickfire segments where your favorite magicians discuss the magic they never leave the house without. This week, the bubble queen of Philadelphia, Meadow Perry, joins me for the Everyday Carry. Meadow Perry, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast for the Everyday Carry. All right, you're going to go out, you're going to get groceries, you're going to go meet a friend for coffee, you're just out in the world, but we both know you're a magic nerd, and so you don't leave your house without some magic. What is your Everyday Carry? Well, it's probably obvious, but I never leave the house without some bubbles uh, in my pocket okay. and a quote-unquote solid bubble along with it uh so i actually carry a tiny bottle uh it's it's a tiny bubble bottle of mm-hmm. champagne so it's, it's my bottle of bubbly <laughs> my pocket bottle of bubbly that i keep with me um and uh if if someone asks me to do a magic trick of course uh, i do a little bubble magic trick i i've always been fascinated by the effect where you reach out and pluck a bubble out of the air and it becomes a solid glass ball. Uh, it's, I, I love that, that, I mean, it's no shocker that that's an everyday carry for you, <laughs> but I think what I really appreciate is that you didn't just say bubbles and then you are able to do some bubble sculpture. You actually mm-hmm. combine magic with it. Yes, yes. And it's usually a little silly because, you know, I'm bringing out this bottle of champagne. So I get to make a little joke. You know, I like puns. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, as, as our friendship has progressed, I'm well aware of your affection <laughs> for puns and I deeply hate it. Uh, <laughs> but now a uh, technical question. Um, have you modified the So the way the trick is normally done, at least as it's purchased from magic shops, it's sort of a traditional uh, like child's plastic bubble uh with the mm-hmm. wand and the cap but the champagne bottle is not traditionally used for that do you modify right. it at all or are you just using sleight of hand to bring the glass just ball use, into play yeah i just use sleight of hand um you don't really need uh a, a gimmick thing to do that mm-hmm. um it's easy enough so i i so i flirt between having two different versions mm-hmm. sometimes i have just like the wedding favor bottle of bubbles and they create very tiny bubbles mm-hmm. um so the solid bubble is a marble mm-hmm. um and then the champagne bottle which i got this from eric henning um it's when you bring the little wand out it's a little wider of a wand that kind of expands so oh. you can create a slightly bigger bubble okay um and then i have i have a larger acrylic ball that i can do that with um but then that's i usually keep that Whereas the marble version, it, I usually do it as a giveaway. So Oh, very nice. Very cool. I yeah. like that you have different variations for that, especially yeah. like with the marble as a giveaway is, uh, is a nice little touch. Well, that's a wonderful everyday carry. Nobody is surprised, but I'm glad we got a little <laughs> couple of tips out of it. Thanks so much for joining us on the everyday carry. Absolutely. Thanks so much to Meadow for joining me on the show. Meadow gave me an extensive interview a few weeks ago about combining her love of bubbles with magic, and it's well worth the listen. 
On to the main event. Simone Turkington is a magician, actor, and comic who has appeared at the Magic Castle, the Chicago Magic Lounge, and around the world. She's collaborated with Penguin Magic, presenting mentalism projects, and we have some exciting releases planned with her in the future. I ran into her at Magic Live, and now you get to join our conversation. Simone Turkington, thanks so much for joining me here on the Penguin Magic Podcast. I'm so happy that we're finally hanging out. Thank you, me too. You, uh, so... I first became aware of you a few years ago when you did uh, when you presented a tic tac toe prediction from Richard Osterlin for us. That's right, which was fun. And then Mandy, my boss, shared with me your act, which I love. <gasps> Thank you. It's such a cool idea. Can you talk to our audience a little bit about your act and because you have a really interesting background? But we'll get to that in just a second. Sure. Uh, so my act is. Well, before, mm-hmm. before we go back to even me being into magic, I just mm-hmm. already was into 60s vintage yes. uh, type things. So um, I had this idea of having like a like a 60s themed act. Yeah. And so I wanted to do that, but I didn't actually know how to do magic. Like I like, already liked magic. So I yeah. said, like, I, I want to do magic <laughs> and have it 60s themed. But now I need to learn magic. Yeah. So then, and I'm fortunate enough to live, you know, 15 minutes from the magic castle so i started doing classes there so mm-hmm. it was about a year of just learning magic mm-hmm. i mean I'd, I'd done it a bit when i was a kid but mm-hmm. um as an adult i uh started just learning magic so and then after about a year of that then i started to you know develop things that fit in with with uh, my aesthetic mm-hmm. so um but that's always been important to me and that's always been sort of the drive behind what i do is just working in the music and the look yeah and that's you know and it's it's not a forced thing like when i went my stage yeah. clothes and my dresses i already owned i didn't have to like create that and kind of like what would work it's like no this yeah. is just in my closet <laughs> so I, like i i need to i'm gonna put links to a performance or something like that, or maybe your website or Instagram or, or something on in the description for the show. Cause like people need to see this vintage look. Cause it's, it's so, it's such a striking, oh. like specific choice. Yeah. And in, in a world of magic where I see dudes in black suits, <laughs> yeah. it is, it, it's just like, I, I instantly want to know more. Right. Which makes sense. And I, I it's, I love that it's just that this is just you. Who yeah, you are. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, mean, I think whenever we're like talking to people, you always say put yourself in, in like mm-hmm. what you, what you're into. Yeah. You know that that makes for the best stuff. So yeah. this is just a presentation of, of what I'm into. Yeah. So and that's why my music choices excite me because yeah. I love this music. And our listeners are probably detecting a bit of an accent on yes. you right now. What what is your what is your background and your accent? Because this is also why it's so fascinating to me. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, uh, it's it's quite. Co- it, it, when somebody asks me where I'm from, I don't know if they're asking because of my ethnicity, yeah. which is uh, difficult to determine, yeah. my accent, or just they're making conversation and want to know yeah. where in LA I live. Yeah. So, uh, and sometimes I give them the whole story. It's like, no, I just wanted to know where you lived. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry yeah. for my life story. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my parents are from uh, Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they moved to Australia mm-hmm. in uh, the '60s, so yeah. I was born in Australia, mm-hmm. uh, and so and then I've lived in the U.S. for this year's twenty years. So yeah. my accent is is a mixture yeah. um, of the two. But if I talk to Australians, then my accent really comes out. Yeah, which, so, which but is- I'm not talking to to one now. So now I'm doing an accent <laughs> so that I sound more Australian, just to prove it. And it's just it, because the 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 '60s aesthetic and look is something that I I very much attribute to uh, an American um, 60s oh, yeah. a- a- aesthetic aesthetic and look, right? Like yeah. the, that sort of stereotypical, but then like to find out if you're from Australia, but of Sri Lankan background, and it's just, it, it, it makes for this just 
everything makes me go, I need, I need to see more and I need to want more, which is just, I think, I don't know. This podcast is going to turn to me saying how wonderful you are. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is a great podcast for me. (laughs) (laughs) How do you take a modern effect and put it into, I mean, really I'm asking a question about creativity, but because you have such a strong, bold choice for your show, how do you take what are effectively modern effects and then put them into this vintage style that works for a modern audience? That's a good question. I have a good example of, I do sort of a combination of toxic with spirit slates. Yeah. And... What do I need for toxic? Mm-hmm. I need a damned iPhone, yeah. which is very modern yeah. and it goes against it. So the way I worked it in was I I say we're gonna we're gonna do we we, we write the this calculation out on the slates only. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm gonna and I'm gonna for backup, I'm gonna and I bring out a, a um counting frame. So I'm like <laughs> counting it. So would you say seven hundred and sixty-four? And I start going one. Two, yeah. three, and so I, I kind of do this, and clearly this is not working. Yeah. So then it becomes like, with reluctance, I need to borrow an iPhone, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I bring the iPhone in. So yeah. it's it, it's kind of like it goes against what I want to be doing, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's how I introduce the iPhone uh, in uh, in opposition with my my yeah. aesthetic. So so yeah. it's it's very much like. You, so you find a piece of magic that you want to do, and then yes. you, if there's modern elements, you you sort of it becomes a bit almost exactly, exactly. But I think most of what I do, it's not. I mean, I'm not trying to like be heavy handed with it either. Yeah. So you know, some things are just going to be what they're going to be. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not uh, you know screaming. It's the 1960s. Mm-hmm. What are you, what what are you talking about? We mm-hmm. don't have this and that. Um, but I. Um, I think it's just there. It's just there, sort of everything, mm-hmm. sort of couched in that, and that's just the mm-hmm. vibe. But I'm not trying to uh, drill it home, so mm-hmm. it doesn't have to make that point necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it's just it's just ever present. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I navigate that. Because I, I've also had people say to me like, I don't I don't understand the '60s thing, yeah. not in a bad way, but it's just nothing they think about. It's not a aesthetic yeah. that appeals to them. Whereas to me, like that's the most beautiful stuff, you know. But yeah. uh, so you don't want to like sort of make people not get it either. So I don't want to get too removed in that world and be unrelatable mm-hmm. so yeah and uh forgive me because it's it's been a while since i haven't seen the the entire show in a long time i just sure. I keep seeing bits and pieces which yeah. is why i was like when i saw you here at magic live i was like oh god i gotta get her yeah uh, is it um it's not it's not a character that lives in the 60s or no it's no. just me yeah being me yeah uh, using elements yeah. of the 60s that yeah. i like and my hair's in a beehive mm-hmm. and i that's the thing i knew how to do a beehive before i started doing magic and having this yeah. stage character because that's just i wanted to know how to have hair in a beehive <laughs> so you know i was just good to go yeah uh, so but it's not like you're i mean you're obviously you're playing a character because we're all playing a character on stage yeah. whether or not it's us or not but we're but again you're not going heavy-handed and getting like like i'm definitely from yeah no, so not no. doing that it's kind of like pop hayden is like he's a time traveler like, but he never says that it's yeah. just it's just he's just shown up and he's doing his thing but that's sort of his backstory mm-hmm. and i think my i'm just sort of like it's not quite explained why i'm like this yeah. but you know uh but that's that's what, what sort of sort of driving it so that, is there is there in internal monologue that you're hitting yourself with because i I mean i find strong choices are so important to make yeah in a care in in any character that you're doing and if you're performing on stage not just as a close or even in close-up you need to have that 
character in that internal monologue. Like with me, it's not overtly stated often, but I, I, my thought process is I'm doing a demonstration of skill for which you have no explanation. Yes. So it's I'm, like everything I do is skill-based. It's yep. not magic. What, what is yours? Um, I think that's something like, I mean, because we're always trying to find our sort of our arc and our story and our reasoning mm-hmm. because sometimes people are doing a lot of magic because I just like this trick. And, yeah, yeah. and, and but you want that cohesion and you want that um, consistency uh, throughout. So, and I'm, you know, I've been advised to find what is my power? Why can I do this? And that was kind of an arc I found through my, my hour long show mm-hmm. was just sort of this sort of exploration of, of power. So mm-hmm. it didn't quite explain where anything came from, but I sort of start with, you know, here, here are objects with power. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the source of the magic. And then the mm-hmm. middle portion of the show is like, well, I've got power. And, mm-hmm. and I sort of, I was the source. Sorry to interrupt, but this week the show is brought to you by The Box of Powers from Penguin Magic. Nick Lacapo joined me via Zoom to discuss this pro-level magic kit that's perfect for beginners. Nick, right now, as we are recording this, it is May. Mm. But when this, May? when this, yeah, it's going to be May. Oh, I thought we were going to lie. But no, no, no. Know, yeah, it's May. It's May, right. But... When the people are listening to this, it's mm-hmm. August. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sort of looking into the future, and I know okay. that August is when I do Christmas shopping. Mm-hmm. And I got three nieces and a nephew, and I want all of them to become magicians. I want them all to have as much fun as I have being a magician. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what trick to get them. Box of power. What trick is that? The box of power. Is that, is that they just... It's not a trick, it's multiple tricks. Oh, it's like a kit from Penguin Magic. It's a magic kit from Penguin Magic, and it's got incredible stuff in it. It's got five of the best pieces of magic that you could possibly learn, especially as somebody that's brand new. Yeah, this is this is such a fun kit to be able to provide to people. This came out a couple years ago. We had a lot of fun with it, and you get five tricks, and you get a book that not teaches you how to do it, but also teaches you some like tricks with ordinary objects, regular decks of cards, and a great video that you teach. Yeah, it's it, it has five tricks, but they're really like these are tricks you would do. Yeah, you know they're they're not, they're not the plastic cups and balls and you know crappy mark deck and all that. It's these are real things. So you're gonna get you ready for you sitting down. I'm, I, <laughs> I I always perform these. We always record these sitting down. You're because gonna get marked cards, right? The, like the penguin maiden back mark deck. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what that is. So, you mean so. the deck that I carry with me in my pocket every day? The deck I yes. used on Fool Us? The deck I used to compete? Not some other you know crappy deck. The real one. The that, real one. That's awesome. You're also gonna get. Moneyball, which is a, a, a coin to bouncy ball transposition routine. Stealth pen, which is the pen through bill. Card tune. That's one of the one greatest I, card tricks of all time. Yeah, and the Raven Mini. The Raven Mini. Oh, that's a which, great way to like start learning stuff with the Raven, learning like a couple of quick vanishes and transformations. So it's loaded with all sorts of great pieces of magic that you can learn and do right away um so and it, it does come with a book as well which is great a video and a book so there's two different ways to learn that each one of them has like kind of different things in it as well it's uh it's a really nice magic uh, kit and i know that the team worked really hard in picking out the effects that would go inside this because we didn't want this to be a kit that was full of fluff 
So you, so when you open this kit, everything is ready to go. You put that Raven Mini in your jacket. Cartoon is all set. Mark cards are ready to go. The stealth pen's there. You can even do Moneyball right out of the box. It's a really, really wonderful little kit that is is great for anybody who's just getting interested in magic. If you're wanting to like, you know, get a kid into magic or even an adult, because some of these are like professional tricks that I see like oh, real world yeah. workers do all the time. This is a, you know, this is a kit for I'm anyone. Look, I'm just looking around here too, like. I'm pretty sure Cartoon is Cartoon Remastered. Yes, it is Cartoon Remastered. It's yeah, the it's the like, new one, the one with, yeah. with Dan's preferred artwork. So this is $60 for this kit, for Raven Mini, Cartoon, Moneyball, Stealth, Pen, and Mark cards. I'm trying to, like, add it up in my head, but it is not. This is, well, well a lot more than $60. That's yeah. For, that's for sure. Well, and they're, listen, they're listening to this podcast, so they're even getting a discount on it. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, right, no. Get... It says yeah, you gotta you gotta pick this up then, especially if you're getting a deal on it. This is an easy, easy, easy present for the yeah. holidays. I've had, I've given any time anyone's like, I want to get someone into magic. I, you know, what should I get them? This is the easiest way to go. The Box yeah. of Powers by Penguin Magic. Check it out. That was the Box of Powers created by the team at Penguin Magic, available at penguinmagic.com. As always, the incredible listeners to our show receive 25% off the featured part of the week when they enter a special discount code at checkout. This week, that code is KIT. That's KIT, K-I-T, just like the Magic Kit. And you'll receive 25% off the Box of Powers when you enter that code at checkout. That code is only good for the Box of Powers and only good until the next episode of this show airs. Now, back to my conversation with Simone Turkington. People are doing a lot of magic because I just like this trick. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, but you want that cohesion and you want that um, consistency uh, throughout. So, and, I'm, you know, I've been advised to find what is my power? Why can I do this? And that was kind of an arc I found through my... My, my hour-long show mm-hmm. was just sort of this sort of exploration of, of power. So mm-hmm. it didn't quite explain where anything came from, but I sort of start with, you know, here, here are objects with power. So that was mm-hmm. kind of the source of the magic. And then the mm-hmm. middle portion of the show is like, well, I've got power. And, mm-hmm. and I sort of, I was the source yeah. of, of like the sympathetic silks and yeah. being able to do all of this not jumping. Mm-hmm. And then the final portion is, well, you you may not realize this, but you will have power too. And so the Ooh. last the last three or four pieces is all I'm attributing everything. You know, I do invisible deck and it's like, you did that, you know, and then I do uh, PK touch. It's like, you guys did that. Like I'm just a facilitator towards the end. So that was kind of the arc that wasn't to do with the character as much as just as a, as a, as a theme to, to sort of move through these pieces. The, uh, the, uh, man, the concept of moving power from objects to you, to other people is such a, a compelling uh, you couldn't not watch that. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and it's and it's nice because I feel like a lot of magicians want to like keep the power and like look mm-hmm. what I can do. But it's I, I think it was a nice a nice way to kind of hand it off mm-hmm. and be just like yeah, it's for you guys. How long ago did you start taking classes at the castle? Uh, I started taking classes in 2015. 2015. So you're so you're. You can you say can, noob. No. <laughs> What has been your experience coming to magic later in life? Because as oh. as I have met other magicians, I mean, like you know, you're a working performer now. Yeah. And I've and a lot of the magicians I meet got into it as kids. Yes. And and I came to it relatively later in life. I was about 19 when I actually really got involved in magic and fell in love with it. Yeah. But as as a as a grown ass woman with yeah. a job and a personality and 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 thoughts and opinions about the universe and, and the world and a kid. Uh, 
what what was the experience coming to magic later in life? I'm, I think it was it was good. I mean, I've gone through. I I always wanted to be an actor since I was a mm-hmm. kid. So I I'd always kind of, but I didn't really put in the work mm-hmm. on that. I took classes, and I'm not a you know submit for auditions and things every day kind of person. You know, and and mm-hmm. the thing with with acting is it doesn't matter how good you are, you are always reliant on other people to hire you. And yes. if you're not hired, you can't really do very much unless mm-hmm. you're writing your own stuff, which is another whole mm-hmm. skill set. So, um, yeah, I think, yes, yeah, so I was 35. Mm-hmm. What was I, 37? No, 37. Mm-hmm. And, um, and my son was... Uh, Two when I started taking the classes. I mean, mm-hmm. what better time in life to get into magic, you know? Uh, but I think I think you know I took to it very well, and it, it, and it, as I said, I had done it a little bit when I was when I was a kid, but nothing nothing serious at all. And so um, I think I just I, I didn't let my age or anything make me limit limit me mm-hmm. at all. So um, I just sort of went at it like this is what I'm doing now, and mm-hmm. I, I always say my 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 thing is well I have to take this seriously because otherwise I've ruined magic for no reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> like now I know how all these things work, so yeah. I can't just enjoy it as an observer. So I mm-hmm. guess I'm going to go pro with this. So yeah. um, so that's always uh, kind of kept me uh, you know sort of focused and mm-hmm. moving forward. But I think just because I had so many ideas, it was like all the creative sort of little ideas and things and my taste and my aesthetic, it all kind of came together uh, on this and, and and I'd always loved magic. So it just, it was like, it was just nice, I think, to finally find your, your thing at yeah. some point because some people never quite find their thing. Yeah. And so I think I was relieved with that and I think I had the maturity because I feel like younger people, and it's not their fault, it's just the world we live in, there's a lot of impatience of, yes. you know, I, let's do this now, I should be famous now. And mm-hmm. and I've got more of an older, wiser, just just keep plugging at it and keep chipping away. And I'm like, I'm not in a hurry and I should be in a hurry. I'm going to die sooner than these kids, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, um, but I'm just like, no, it's okay. I'll do as much as I can in the yeah. time I have left. I think that I, I think that's a lesson that so many, I, I hate to say, I sound like a cranky old man, right. like, but like, I feel like that's a lesson that like just sticking with it and understanding that like you need to, you need to learn things and, and there's stuff that you can only learn by spending time in it and spending time with others. And I think it's like, I, I think there is a wisdom that you probably brought to it yes. that allowed you to be a more, um, uh, a better student. Yes. If that's, if that's a, no, I think that that is, that is it just, yeah. just having that. And again, it's, it's also of the generation yes. too, yeah. that I had more patience to mm-hmm. just, you know, not be in a hurry to yeah. be an Instagram star exactly or no. desire it all really but <laughs> but yeah uh so i would be remiss if i didn't ask this sure. but your husband is uh, a quite a well-known underground comedy sensation i studied him in college neil hamburger yes have you worked with your husband in your act uh not no we haven't like overlapped our shows we've done no. shows together where i've opened for him yeah um and and that's always fun we would do it more but we have a child so we've had some <laughs> we've had some great instances where yeah uh yeah we did a show in salt lake together and 
I opened, there was an act in between. There was like 100% no minors allowed in the building. So yeah. he was waiting in the car with our son. <laughs> I packed up all my stuff in the suitcase, rushed out the door. Yeah. He jumped out. I jumped in and then, and then drove back to the hotel. And then we did a show in Manchester, England. And there was no act in between. But the yeah. promoter took me, drove me back to the hotel. And we switched out. He drove my husband back to the, back to the venue. And then I was sitting on the floor playing a dice game with my son i'm like wait was was i on stage 45 <laughs> minutes ago did that did that actually happen like because i was in my pajamas like <laughs> these are the things that people don't know about when when a couple are both working performers yes. with a child they have to figure out the childcare situation exactly and these are the real stories these are the real yeah. stories Oh man, Simone Turgenton, I, I love talking to you and I'm going to have you back on, but I think that's about all we have time for. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for this week, kids. Thanks so much to Simone for the conversation and thanks to you for listening. Well, we are on the other side of Magic Live and I'm about to go back on the road. We have lots of live shows coming up at the P3 Magic Theater, but in two weeks, I'm excited to be lecturing and performing at TAOM in Houston. I believe there's still some registrations available and I can't wait to share some of my new discoveries with you at the Texas Association of Magicians Convention. I'll be hanging out in the lobby in the hotel, sessioning late into the night with anyone who wants to toss some cards around. Also, for those of you staying at the Rio this week... Good luck. You know who you are. Go kill them. And stay tuned to this podcast because I managed to get some interviews at Magic Live that you won't want to miss. As always, we're a weekly podcast, so be sure to like and subscribe as well as share your favorite episodes on the social media platform that you've been grooving the 1960s music videos on. If you wanted to reach out to me about anything on this week's show, you'll have to tear me away from my brand new Raspberry Pi Retro Arcade. I built a video game cabinet and it's full of the best games from the 80s. I am so pumped. Now I want to try and build something else with a Raspberry Pi. I'm excited. But if microcomputers aren't your jam, you can always hit me up on Instagram at Eric Tate. That's at E-R-I-K-T-A-I-T. From me and everyone else here at the P3 Magic Studios, practice, practice, perform. Perform.